This is Jason Sizemore of Apex Publications, and you're listening to the Chromecast. With our like an intro, if you want to, or like a or like a welcome, whatever. Hey, everybody! <laughs> I'm about to go. We're going. <laughs> We're doing it. Okay, here we are. Uh, hey, everybody! We are back. It is Cromtober 2016. I'm Luke. I'm Josh. I'm John. And we have a special guest with us for this Cromtober. I am Justin Stewart. You may remember me from my previous appearance. Three years ago? <laughs> it's been a while, yeah. Conan versus the comics. Conan right. versus comics, right. From the very first season, from like the single digit episodes, I believe. Right, right. I believe uh, we all had to speak into a box. We did. <laughs> That's right. We, 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 did all, we did all cuddle around a cardboard box. Yeah. Back in the old days. Yeah. That's, and that's how we did it, buddy. But welcome back, man. It's been a while. Well, thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Uh, and as Luke said, this is our Cromtoba episode, and tonight we'll be discussing monsters. This is going to be fun. This is a cool, a cool night for a variety of reasons. One of which is we're all in the same room. So John is actually here in Kentucky. I came Just, back. Justin is from Lexington, the same place that, that Josh and I are from. But yeah, we're all four here together. I'm not a robot anymore. I'm a real boy. You're a real boy. <laughs> right. You don't have to wait on the delay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. So we have some really cool, exciting things to talk about tonight. But before we get to that, what you got in that cup over there, John? I'm drinking Benchmark Number Eight now, which you can't find in Nebraska. So it was one of the first things I sought out in the state of Kentucky. How about you? Likewise, <laughs> Justin, Justin. What are you drinking? Uh, I'm I'm on the bourbon train, but I'm uh, I'm with the bullet. You're a little fancier than we are. I am a higher class B named bourbon. Well, I mean, I'm going to hit the benchmark <laughs> eventually. <laughs> but were, right now, I'm nursing this. Were we bullet. the ones that bought you your first benchmark? Yes, I, th- I thought yes. so. So thanks to the Chromecast for introducing <laughs> me to to old number eight. It was your birthday. We came. It over, was. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Luke and I. That's right. Yeah. 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 We went to a birthday party with a bunch of uh, like. <laughs> Artists and, right. and whatnot. And there were a bunch of children, and we walked in with a brown paper bag full of alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> but really, you guys it was, knew exactly how to get to me. <laughs> but really, it was Luke who first introduced each of us, I think, to the, the benchmark. So kudos to you, sir. Thanks, man. But it's, you're not drinking benchmark. No, I am drinking black coffee, and I am eating some nerds that are at least over a year old they're from an unopened big bag of like <laughs> halloween candy you, you from can't throw 2015 that out. no no well i told my wife i'm like i think these are good and she said no they're not and i said i'm going to try them and so now i've tried them and the nerds are good we have laffy taffies we have bottle caps you know like the straight sugar kind of candies uh so this I'm is all a year old oh no 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 so oh. so that the the, the, cho- the chocolatey candies that are in here are like you know, 2016 candies. Okay. So we have also Kit Kats and York peppermint patties and Heath bars and that kind of thing. So 
I think I'm more of a, a chocolate Halloween candy fan as opposed to just like the sugary sugar. Because sure. you're, you're an adult man at this point. Right. I want the fun size Snickers. Right. But, but still, I'm trying out the nerds to see if they pass muster. And they do. So I've got that. I've got some some coffee that I'm enjoying and uh, a lot of beards that I'm looking at. And it's, it's tasty. <laughs> Four beards. <laughs> Four microphones. <laughs> one room. I'm so glad you're here, John. Yeah, Thank you. We've all We've all got drinks. We've all got beards. Um, let's do we do. Do we want to do one thing, Luke? Yeah, let's do it. I mean, do you have a one thing? Oh, sure. Justin? Oh, yeah. I planned on this. Let's do the one thing. Is that a standard pause? <laughs> yeah, standard pause. <laughs> insert wave file. <laughs> yep. Right on. Drums. So, can we go ahead and start with you, Justin? Is that all right? Yeah, absolutely. What's your, what's your one thing, dude? My one thing is the new 12 bore album. Oh, shit. That's cool. The, yeah. The Valley of the Triclops. <laughs> <laughs> Holy cannoli, that album. Just like top to bottom. Man, it's it's rocked my face off pretty much every night since I since I bought it. Cool, man. So it's that, good stuff. Is that a recent release? Yes. Yes. What, within what the within the music? last month. What huh? kind of music is this? Uh, it is the heavy metal music. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I mean, not course. really heavy metal. It's just like it's like motorhead metal. It's, yeah, it's motorhead metal. Okay, so okay. it's it's very it's it's uh it's just super hard rock. Is that the genre of metal that you prefer? I do. I like um I, I like the sort of like thrashy, crunchy, doomy stuff. Okay. Um, I'm not a big death metal guy. Um, uh. So I lean more towards stuff like Twelve Bore and um, Slayer and you know various thrash like that. Right. So yeah. we get a lot of cool emails about metal. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. of- we're we're long past due for a follow up to the metal episode. Yeah, at this point, we could make at least a couple like compilation playlists from just the recommendations that folks have thrown our way. For mm-hmm. sure. Uh, yeah. We got to get on that homework and just like dig through and come up with <laughs> with a couple set lists. You could be on the sure. metal show too. I would totally do that. Yeah, I would totally do that. Metal, metal. Who's next? I go, Josh. Guest. You you go. Oh, I go. Yeah, you yeah. Had, you had to fly on a plane. To I be did here. fly on a plane to be here just for this. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. My one thing: I bought uh, Ash versus the Evil Dead on DVD the other night, and I burned through the first disc in an evening, and I really like it. It's everything I wanted it to be and more. So, Ash wears a man girdle. Lucy Lawless is in it. It's killer dolls trying to eat your face. <laughs> really? Every, yeah, yeah, yeah. Every trope that you can imagine from the Evil Dead Army of Darkness movies is present in Ash vs. Evil Dead. Cool. I dig it. I dig it a lot, too. I've, I think we have watched to about the same point in the, yes. in the first season. I haven't finished it yet. Hasn't the second season started? Or it is has. It, it's, okay. Well, yeah. Yes. I think it did. I know the first episode's online to stream, so I guess that it has, yeah. I hope it's as good. By all accounts, it's still pretty strong. Have you watched it? No, I have not. No? I think you'd like it. I have to be very choosy with what I watch because my time is is limited. You are. And I don't don't say that as like, oh, I don't have time. (laughs) You are a highly important (laughs) businessman. (laughs) I got stuff to do. You do. So. Father, entrepreneur. 
yeah, all beard that. grower, all right. of that stuff. Righteous <laughs> dude. Like when I'm not making art, I'm I'm looking online of how to better take care of both my beard and my daughter. Right. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Very brushing is important to both. I hear. To both. <laughs> right. Cleaning and brushing, both important to both. Josh, you're next. Okay. Well, I'm gonna copy Justin and talk about uh, a, a, a new album that I bought recently, uh, and that is by Ghost. Uh, oh, or Ghost man. BC. Yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The title of the uh, five-track EP is Pope Star, and it is solid. It is, man. They have an Echo and the Bunny Man cover. Like, who would have ever thought, you know? It's awesome. Yeah. It's, it's really It is really good. good. It's way better than it should be. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and you can get that right now on Amazon for five bucks. Yeah. Uh, so a dollar a track, that's a steal. Man, I saw uh, an article just this past week that said it was indicating that they're like already well into uh, material for their next album, no okay. which is pretty cool. Like they have stuff in the can that they've written, and I don't know if they're doing recording right now. It was something I saw like on Metal yeah. Sucks or something, but they have, yeah, they're, they're a machine, man. I, I saw them in Louisville. Um, a couple months ago, and they they played Square Hammer. Did cool, they? Yeah. okay. And I was like, "What is this?" <laughs> and then all of a sudden, Pope Star comes out, and I'm like, oh, "Okay, gotcha." <laughs> I, I wasn't sure if it was material that they wanted to put on Melioria, or if it was brand new stuff that they. Well, I mean, I know it's covers, right? All five songs are covers, uh, no. except for no? Square Hammer. Square, that's, okay, that's, okay, yeah. So, and the, they did the sort of the similar thing with the uh, if you have Ghost, like. That song is like a Rocky Erickson kind of adaptation, mm-hmm. but there's like one original on there, and then the rest is covers. Okay, okay. And like I think that's their, I think that's their plan. Like for wanna, EPs, yeah. Like kind of keep that rotation. Yeah, they trade off album EP, album EP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, it's solid, and if you haven't listened to it, listen to it now. You're doing yourself a grave disservice. Mm-hmm. Right, <laughs> right. And if and if you're one of those sort of like purists, they're like, oh, ghost, gross. Like man, just stop really stop. i mean yeah. it's true because you, it's it's beautiful like, like music for, it works on so many levels right and and for what they're doing it's it's perfect i mean they they have sort of nailed that sort of prog rocky like yeah whatever genre that they that they're in they've they've got it on lock so you know if you if you want to hate on them you're just you're just being a jerk (laughs) i agree and preach brother and you just said whatever whatever genre it is like you you mentioned earlier you're not much on the 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 more you know death metal screamy metal ghost is not that no and if you've never listened to them they really have more in common with like blue oyster cult yeah for real uh than they have with Say uh, I'm on a Marth or something like that. Right. They they're solid. They're technically very skilled, uh, theatrical to the max, uh, and their their lyrics are as metal as you can get. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. they they are true metal. Yeah, uh, they just don't have like uh, uh, tremolo picking and like blast beats, right? And you know, death metal guttural growls right it's the it's the antithesis of that it's this yeah it's sort pretty of orchestral beautiful yeah. but yet they are singing about human sacrifices yep and the devil devil, the devil. luke uh i'm also gonna talk about the devil i'm gonna talk about <laughs> the devil that's cleverly disguised as a little bitty bunny uh i'm gonna talk about as my one thing and i'm kind of like 
uh, and this is cool. I, I just finished reading Benicula. It's been quite some time, but my my little son, uh, he goes to bed, you know, pretty early in the evening, and so my wife and I will read a book, and this is the season for, like, ghosty stuff. So we're reading Benicula, which is an old-school, like, uh, elementary scary story about a family that brings a little rabbit home. That little rabbit... Uh, they found at a movie theater while they were watching Dracula and all of a sudden the vegetables that are in the house start going white and they're drained of their juices. And so the dog and the cat that are in the family, they know what's up. They're trying to figure it out. They're trying to get Benicula and, uh, maybe they do. Maybe they don't. You're gonna have to read the book. Uh, I want your beta carotene. <laughs> My wife is an elementary school teacher, and uh, they read her students read Benicula every year. Wow! Um, yeah. it, and they love it. it. It takes them a while to read it, uh, but man, they they get into it and they love it. And evidently, there are several books in that series yeah. after, like Benicula Returns and Benicula Strikes Again. Yeah, and Benicula eats all your carrots. Yeah. Damn it! And I why think- that that hasn't been transformed into a cartoon or something like that i i don't know why i think there's been i i kind of i looked around i think there was one cartoon adaptation but it's not really well known mm. uh so I've, I've never seen it but at least that's what the internet told me mm. uh yeah this so the book i think came out in 79 it's written by deborah and james howell and i think actually deborah howell died before the book came out. It was oh. kind of a husband-wife combo, and tragically, I think she died of of some sort of terminal illness before it came out, and he, you know, continued to write a series of the of the books, but, you know, it's a little bit... It's cool because of that regard, too. <laughs> but it's a, it's a classic. I know why I never heard of it. I went to Catholic school. They would oh. not give us something like this, I don't think. Correct. You didn't, you yeah. didn't get... Uh, you didn't get... A, a ghost album and vernacular. <laughs> <laughs> Those are not the one things that you would expect no. to see. We didn't at... get scholastic book fairs. We got no. Pope book fairs. Really? Oh, yeah. There were like Catholic books. <laughs> Catholic book fair. Yeah. Is it all the we Bible? We did scholastic book fair for like two years. <laughs> and then one of the parents got wind of it and was like, no, this is Catholic school. Can't be having that. Downers. Yeah. No, no magic school bus. None of that. Man. Too much science. I, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I guess so. And look where you are now. That's right. <laughs> I showed them. Doctor <laughs> Science. <laughs> nice try, Catholic school. <laughs> Can't hold a good man down. And that a good scientist down. That is four things that we wrap up into a scary costume, put a mask on it, and call it Let's talk about Kentucky Kaiju. Let's talk about Kentucky Kaiju. I I I was gonna make that my one thing, but I thought that was kind of That's a bit self serving. So, yeah, yeah, that is really self serving. <laughs> and we're very we selfish. Were, we were gonna get to it. <laughs> no man, you got you got a new a new uh, a new thing we need to talk about, your new book. Yes. Uh, it is called Kentucky Kaiju. Um, and it is coming out from Apex Book Company. Uh, you guys have had Jason on, friend of the show. Yep. Jason Sizemore. Um it is available through apexbookcompany.com or amazon.com. Um, so you can order from either one of those places. And it is a book that when I, when I break it down to people, I say it is a, it's a fantasy field guide 
to monsters that have roamed or do still roam the bluegrass state. So we started with me just sort of looking around. Um, well, the the whole genesis of it was I was I got the art book of Big Hero Six, mm-hmm. and I was flipping through it. And it had all of these little sort of ancillary, like, background-y kind of things that they had put in the movie. Um, stuff that was just on windows and shops and stuff like that. And one of the posters, it said, Kentucky Kaiju. And it just had a big eyeball on it. And I thought, how how is this not a thing? It's alliterative. <laughs> it's alliterative. Sounds awesome. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's it immediately jumped out and, and spoke to me. Um, so I set out to do just that. I was like, this has to be a thing. And... You know, coming from where I am in the in the comic book, quote unquote, industry, um, I'm I'm at a nice place where I don't have to make comics. Um, I don't have because comics take a lot of time, and so I have more time to do more illustrative things. And that's what Kentucky Kaiju is. It's a uh, when you open the book, it's a double page spread of artwork. And then on the right-hand side, you have the giant monster's name, uh, how much it weighs, what it eats, what county <laughs> or city it's from. So it's it's a it, like I said, it's a fantasy field guide for monsters. Um, and a lot of the monsters in the book are they all have sort of regional aspects to them. Um, so, for instance, there's a there's a giant parrot monster that lives in a abandoned pizza parlor slash post office okay. which is a real thing in, in Kentucky there's yeah. there's a post office that closed down that was also a pizza parlor <laughs> sounds awesome what town is this I gotta go see this uh, I, I I can't recall off the top of my head you, right. you have to buy the book oh right of course <laughs> um, or or, or I just, I'm just choosing not to tell you that's okay I um, understand yeah so I, I I'd seen this this little poster in the in the big hero six book and I was like this has to be a thing so I just I, and it just sort of stayed in the back of my head for a while, and Jason um, from Apex had emailed both uh, Tracina Bowling and myself um, about doing something for them. Like he wanted to do their sort of Apex's first illustrated either graphic novel or right. or something in that realm, and so I pitched him this idea and I said, "Hey man, what if me and Tracina just sort of alternate?" We do. We each do twenty five, and that'll give you a nice hundred page book of this. This it's like a cool art book slash faux field guide kind of thing that doesn't really exist anywhere else, right? And he, you know, to his credit, you know, much love to Jason Sizemore. He was like, "Yes, just just do that thing, and then <laughs> and then turn it into me when it's done." That's and, awesome. Uh, and 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 then so that's what we set out to do, and. Um, I started looking up names of various counties and, and cities and stuff in Kentucky, just trying to find obscure names um, and stuff like that. And I, I started to do sketches and doodles, and then I realized it was just too—it was too much for 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 me to do alone. So I brought in um, my good friend Sean Pryor, who is a writer and former comics executive type stuff all around cool dude <laughs> all around cool dude um he also loves kaiju and and giant monsters and stuff and i said hey man if 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 you'll be a part of this i think it can turn into something really cool because what he did was he took the list of of counties and cities that that tressa and i had found 
And then he made the stories for each of the monsters. And so that took a load off of us. Nice. Um, of having to figure out what these what these guys were. Right. So, you know, like the, the parrot one, you know, Sean would say, this is a giant parrot, blah, 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 blah. So, you know. Tressa luckily got that one. <laughs> so, <laughs> do you not like drawing birds? <laughs> well, no. Here's the thing: we were we have we had a uh, a shared Google document, uh-huh. just sort of going back and forth. And whenever one of us would pick one, we would highlight it and you know save it and and so everyone could see. And then when it got down to the wire, you could sort of tell which one of us were avoiding certain rights. <laughs> <laughs> so you avoided the parrot? I, well, no, Tressa stepped up. She, t- she took that one. She took I would that think that on. would be more of a Tressa piece to right. do. Yeah. Right. She, yeah, she made it beautiful. You know, a lot of her, a lot of her, pe- a lot of her giant <laughs> monsters are very, like they're very elegant and beautiful uh-huh. and, and mine are very angry and, and scary and, and stuff like that. So that's, Fresh. that's what, and, and yeah. And, and, and that's another thing that I think is, is a great aspect of the book is both of our art styles are very different. So you get an alternating piece from each one of us throughout the book. And, um, and it's a, it's a way to, um, to keep it, like I said, to keep it balanced. So, cause if it was just all me, I think people might get confused because a lot of my stuff is really inky and messy and splattery and, and stuff like that. And the book is only five and a half by a seven. So it's kind of... it's, it's That's a, a good size, though. Yeah, right? I like size. that a lot. Yeah, I do too. I do too. And it, it the the idea for the size came from uh, Mark Rudolph's book. The Hell yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and we actually went through the same printer that printed his books. Okay. Um, the, the Celtic Frost and the, the Morbid Tales one. Um, Luke's dash to his bookshelf. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so Kentucky Kaiju will look a lot like will look like those. Okay. Um, yep, I've seen it. So, yeah, Satan is alive and and morbid tales. Um. So yeah, I mean, it was just a, it was it was a, a nice, lucky sort of energy that happened with us where Tressa was available, I was available, and. We just said, let's just do some, let's just draw some giant monsters. And because who, who doesn't enjoy that? And I think that if you, if you look through the book, you'll be able to see, uh, uh, definitive evolution in both mine and Tress's artwork. Um, because it got to a point where we were having to crank out like one a day, sometimes, wow. sometimes two a day Dang. of these, you know, when it, cause the deadline was creeping up on us because we put this book together during convention season. So during the summer. Right. Um, so we were working on them at free comic book day at all the conventions we went to, we were working on them. So you can sort of see a nice evolution in both of our work. And it's, uh, it's all in black and white with sort of shades of gray. Nice. So we were using ink wash and we were having to sort of get, inventive on how to render things because we didn't have the luxury of color. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a really, I'm really proud of it. It's a really cool book and it's, like I said, there's, there's nothing really like it available. Right. Um, so if you, if you like giant monsters, if you, if you like the state of Kentucky, if, you know, <laughs> <laughs> with Sean involved, is there like a power ranger flair? He's a big power. Ranger well, fan, right? w- well, um, no, I think, I mean, he was, he was able to keep 
you know, keep that okay. separate. <laughs> okay. I mean, well, I mean, like, well, I, I was. There's big this. monsters in power. There's, yeah, right. There are giant monsters in Power Rangers. Um, however, those monsters are they're they're singular in purpose, and that is to oh. eliminate the Power Rangers. Right, that's true. Whereas the monsters in Kentucky Kaiju, um, some of them, it's even hard to they're even hard to to label as monsters because some of them have accepted their role in 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 the civilization of where they are so we have some some monsters that that help children and and help people in in the county or in the city where they are um but then on the other hand you have giant monsters that are very destructive and and rampaging can we ask for a description of one of these destructive ones um yes the the biggest one is is a he's he's a little bit shorter than Godzilla okay. so he's he's like the big big one and his name is Komodo Supremus <laughs> I like it yeah so there are scientific names to these things oh absolutely absolutely this interests what, us as biologists yes, yes. What, <laughs> yes. what is what is the place of origin for Komodo Supremus um I will have to look you know what I should have shared the PDF with you guys oh that's okay man that's if, okay. I mean I'll, I'll, I will do it. I will do it. Um, we're all going to get copies. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm actually, yeah, I'm going to definitely, I'm going to put in a pre-order if it's not too late. Luke's doing it right now. No, it's, yeah. uh, pre-orders are open until the 18th, 17th. Yeah. And that's the cost on that, I think, from the website is eleven ninety nine, and that includes free shipping. Yes. And it's autographed by all three creators, and um, pre-orders get two exclusive Postcards that are cards. unavailable anywhere else. Fantastic. And that's if you pre-order from the Apex website, right? Right. I think you can also pre-order from Amazon, but yes. if you do that, you do not get the uh, the postcards included. Correct. Swaggy swag. Is there a beard yeah. hair in each of them? Maybe. <laughs> I mean, I have, I have to sit down and sign them. I'm, I'm not going to wear a, a beard mesh mask while I sign them. Whatever happens, happens. It, that's true. So that's true. I was showing this... Uh, to my friend and mentor James Wagner today at uh, Transylvania University, mm-hmm. and uh, we took a look at Apex's website, and there are a couple samples on there. One of them is a monster known as Smokestack, correct, from Muhlenberg County, Kentucky. And right we were taking a look at uh, this this drawing of Smokestack and the description. And Wagner and I were talking about how if we were running a uh, Savage Worlds or D twenty Modern campaign in like eastern kentucky uh this thing would definitely be the big bad in, <laughs> oh yeah man in the, in the in the game and it would be it, you would have to include some kind of uh you know cthulhu the, like call of cthulhu style uh madness rules or something like when you see this tromping across mm-hmm. the mountaintops uh literally removing mountains in its right. wake uh, right yeah then that was something that um that i'm excited to see if if it happens i mean it it m- may more than likely come <clears throat> actually sorry actually come from apex book company but um these monsters are very applicable to rpgs yeah um and and tabletop type stuff Perhaps so, bourbon barbarians. Perhaps bourbon barbarians. Okay. Yeah, uh, I, I certainly got the the hint of the PlayStation Two classic Shadow of the Colossus. When oh, I absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, that was a, a definitive uh, influence on some of them. Um, basically, you know, thinking about their their height and weight, 
and stuff like that and how people would interact with them and be forced to interact with them. Um, yeah, we can we considered all of that stuff. Cool. What other influences <laughs> were you watching? Pacific Rim and Heavy Rotation. Oh, yeah. yeah, I mean it's it's um you know I'm a huge Godzilla dude from from when I was a wee lad. Uh, Godzilla was the first one that I saw. That was you know, and back then it was still just called you know a horror movie or a, an action movie or whatever. There was um, never. Kaiju had made it. Like, yeah, yeah. Kaiju, I didn't know what a kaiju was. Right. It was just Godzilla. Um, and so I had cable as a child, and I was able to see all of the the various Godzilla and, and other giant monster movies uh, growing up. So those have always been a part of, of my creative passion, I guess. And then, you know, and then you t- you'd look at something like Pacific Rim where, yes – Yes, absolutely. All day. <laughs> Pacific Rim, all day. Um, so, yeah, and, and that was sort of – that was a movie that sort of Tressa and I both fell in love with and it it um, it made it okay to want to do something with giant monsters. Yeah. You know. They're back in vogue. Right, right. Um, and, I mean, who doesn't want – to see giant monsters. I mean, it's like, I just can't, I can't fathom someone who says, nah, I'm not into that. No. You know? <laughs> and definitely giant monsters are part of the current zeitgeist, right? Like there's a new Godzilla movie in theaters yeah. for a limited time in the U S right now titled Shin Godzilla. Have you seen yeah. it yet? No, man, I am, I'm super bummed because it's only showing for two nights here and I'm not going to be able to go either night. So yeah, me either. But, Sooner or later, that thing's going to be on demand and we'll get. Absolutely. I will see it. Yes. But also the new Power Rangers trailer just debuted on the Internet, I think this week or last Mm -hmm. week. And while there were no giant monsters in the trailer, as John points out, Power Rangers are giant monster heavy. Right. They fight giant monsters. So I'm I'm younger, so I automatically thought of a Pokedex when you first told me about this project. Okay. Okay. Sounded a lot like I could roam the the countryside of Kentucky and. Oh yes, I've caught a smokestack and a sure. Komodo Supremus and everything. Yeah, <laughs> that's my generation. Sure, I mean it's you know, and and again, you know, there's uh, the the material lends itself to you know being able to to look for these things, a la bird watching or or whatever. <laughs> Kentucky Kaiju Go will be in the future. <laughs> maybe, maybe. We can, yeah, we can only hope. <laughs> So you did 50, Tressa did 50, or I'm sorry, 25 and 25. Yes. Yeah. Yes. We each did 25. So. And you were cranking out like one uh, every every day or two, like kind of, mm-hmm. that kind of thing? Yeah. It, it Well, it started with a very, uh, a nice luxury of like, oh, this isn't due until October. All right. I'll maybe sort of I'll pencil half of a thing and then I'll do something else and then I'll I'll ink a little bit of it and then yeah I mean much like any other sort of artistic project as the deadline creeps along you realize you're farther and farther behind <laughs> <laughs> I will never catch up right but we hit it we you know we hit the deadline we made it so that's it's, awesome it's all the the books should be here next week so apex.com or amazon.com apexbookcompany.com apexbookcompany.com or amazon.com cool but you get exclusives through apex yes and it's cheaper 
Oh, yeah. there you go. Apex Boot Company. And, so, and more of that we'll Cheddar goes link. straight to yeah. Apex. And we, you, right? As as of as of this recording, we have 64 pre-orders. Dude, that's awesome. How, does that, how does that stack up against other Apex? Pretty good. I mean, um, Jason said that it's, I mean, and this is their, this is Apex's first book that they're actually getting offset printed in about four years. Okay. Um, what do you mean when you say that? Um, this is this is the first book that they've actually had to send to a printer. Oh, okay. And get hard copies back and stuff because Apex is is mainly ebooks, ePub right. type stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is this being their first sort of illustrated thing that they <clears> have. Um, part of the deal was I told Jason's like this has to be a physical thing, right? You know. So yeah, I mean, and it's it's really exciting you know to have a completed thing you know it's not it's not perfect but uh it's it's pretty close so do you have any damn perfection damn perfection (laughs) that's right get it done (laughs) right i get paid to pencil i don't get paid to erase i'm sorry i didn't interrupt you oh no i was just gonna ask you know so so you've done a variety of different types of work is this like one of your your biggest pieces of work that you absolutely. have? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. This is this is the book that is the best showcase of what it is I do. Cool. Um, artistic, artistically. Um, looking through this book will give you the – I mean, it's the closest thing to getting uh, something original from me um, because because we were given so much leeway to, to really do whatever we wanted to. You know, Jason trusted us to, to create this thing for him. And, um, and with that freedom came the ability to experiment and, and play around with, with techniques, um, composition, all that stuff. Because if you look at the book, you, I mean, you, you sort of, you're, you're locked into this, um, you know, there's going to be text on, on one side or the other. Uh, sometimes it's on the right side. Sometimes it's on the left side, depending upon the composition. So you you have to work within those parameters. Um, but other than that, I mean, it was it was wide open. And there's 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 stuff that I've done in Kentucky Kaiju that I've never done before. Cool. And 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 people haven't seen anywhere else. So it's gonna be cool, man. It's gonna be cool. Is there any is there any map? Like of Kentucky in the book or anything like that that no. shows like where. No, if 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 we if we had our druthers, I mean, it would be a, a lot more extensive than it is. Yeah. Um, but we're hoping that it's successful enough that we can do another one. That could be or, the sequel, or do a, a or right? do a compendium. <laughs> yeah. You know, because we had when 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 Tressa and Sean and I all met. I mean, you guys should see the the notes that we have. I mean, this thing is is it's really expansive. The 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 type of stuff that we had planned to do, and then as the deadline got closer and closer, we all sort of realized it just it has to be this thing. And then if it's successful enough, then that'll give us the freedom right. to do these other things that we wanted to do. Is there a scientist that sort of discusses some of these things or was that in the pre-planned stage got cut out or? Oh yeah. I mean, there's, there's a bunch of stuff that exists only in, in note form right. that, uh, that people don't know about. The deeper world. Oh yeah. There's a much, <laughs> de- yeah, there's a much deeper world and a much deeper, um, aspect to, to these monsters. Cool. Um, you know, I'll say some of them are, are revered as, as deities, you know. Depending upon their 
power set, I guess you could say. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I grew up in eastern Kentucky worshiping a giant kaiju, so I can relate. <laughs> Excellent. This is you, old hat. You, you are our people. <laughs> <laughs> this is cool. It's like an Audubon or Peterson guide. It is. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah definitely. Yep. So, uh, the pre-release date is October 18th. Is that the date you can expect to receive it if you pre-order? If you pre-order it, you can expect to get it uh, on or around the 21st. Okay. So... Depending upon where you, because it all, they all ship out of Kentucky. So if you've pre-ordered it and you live in Washington State, it 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 may be the the twenty fifth or twenty sixth before you gotcha. get your book. So the closer you are to Kentucky, the sooner you'll get it. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> you guys have any other questions about Kentucky Kaiju? It just sounds cool. Everybody should go buy it so that we can get the second volume. Yeah. Oh definitely. yeah. Yeah. I mean, like the stuff that we have planned. Is is uh is huge, no pun intended. So yeah, and so, yeah. huge. <laughs> These types of original art kind of books. I, I mean, they're not something that when I first got into comics that I really thought that I would like. But you know, after a couple of years of like picking up comics and running across different artists like Justin, I was I was intrigued. Like you know, you did your like Inktober thing mm-hmm. last year, and you have. How many years have you done that? A couple? Uh, I've done it since 2013. Okay. Yeah. So, like, those are just cool surveys of your work, and, you know, it just sort of it paints the picture, and there's right. <laughs> it's right. something to be admired. You can flip through it. It's not like it's a, it's a reading activity. It's just, like, all fun right. to be able to flip through a book like that. Right. And and with Kentucky Kaiju, there there is stuff that I put um, – like every every square inch of of artistic real estate that I have, um, there's there's something there to to look at. So I wanted to make sure that people had, uh, you know, people would stop and actually look through all, you know, every square inch of a piece of art because there's yeah. there's something there in every little bit. No wasted space. No wasted space. It's Fantastic. Yeah. Kentucky Kaiju from Apex Publications with art. By Tressa Bowling, Justin Stewart, words by Sean Pryor, coming out this October. Everybody, go to Apex Book Company and pre-order a copy. We'll provide a link in the show notes. And yeah, buy two, buy three, buy yeah. one for your friends. <laughs> it's a great Christmas gift. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's going to be the end thing this Christmas. You don't want to be left out. It's right, the new Furby. Right. <laughs> so talking to you about Kentucky Kaiju and stuff, it makes me think of what we did last year. We kind of talked about some ghost stories that each of us had from our hometown or like scary stories from our home and cities our campuses. and home, home campuses, home States. I was kind of thinking we could maybe make that a tradition. We'd, we'd share some stories from each of our homes about something spooky. Can we do that tonight with Justin? Right. We're all from weird places, right? You're right. from the weirdest place. Correct. Florida. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Florida, Florida is without a doubt the weirdest place. Yeah. Yeah. All of America's weirdness drains into right there, it. Mm-hmm. yeah, right because it, it is the garbage chute of America. <laughs> <laughs> what part of Florida are you from? Pensacola. Pensacola. So I'm, I'm at the I'm at the very tip of the Panhandle, okay. like within rocks throwing distance of Alabama. Okay, so I'm I'm at the top of the runoff. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> it's more. You have the healthiest water in the right. state. <laughs> it's more, right. di- more dilute there. <laughs> right. Right. As you as you drive deeper into Florida, it just gets more and more insane. So, what are some of the weirdest things that you've seen in Florida or heard about? Um, the what in 
<laughs> well, I mean, because it's Florida, like, we, you know, in, in full disclosure, in preparation for this discussion, I was texting uh, with John and he was like, we need some monsters from Florida. And I said, other than the humans. <laughs> bath salt people don't right. count. <laughs> right, right. PCP bath salt zombies do not count. Um, but no, mainly like growing up in Florida, mainly it was all about UFOs. Yeah. It was all about UFOs for whatever reason. Okay. I mean, the closer you get to southern Florida and, you know, the, you know, the lakes and stuff like that, then then you get like giant alligators, giant crocodiles, skunk apes type stuff. Sure. But where I was, it was all about UFOs. Okay. So um, anytime there was any sort of UFO sighting in that region of Florida, it was it was a big deal. So did you ever see a UFO? No, no, no. You saw the, things flying around that you didn't know what they were. Well, the 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 closest thing was there was a a UFO story that broke. Um, people saw something in the sky in this place called Gulf Breeze. Okay, and that was about ten to fifteen miles from from Pensacola. Okay, so that was close, right? So that was close. So we, ha- I mean, we had friends that lived in Gulf Breeze that claimed they they had seen this and what did they thing describe? in the sky? It was a it was. It, they said that it was sort of s- a spherical okay. and it had a, a series of rotating lights yeah. spinning around the middle. Pretty classic. Pretty classic, right? And then lights illuminating from the bottom and the top. So there was a constant bottom and top light along with spinning lights going okay. around the middle. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you do a, gr- a Google search for Gulf Breeze UFO, that's... Are there videos? Yeah. Cool. There are. There are. See, if I were an alien, I think that I would go to Florida. One, that's where the the rockets launch from and everything. Like, right. We got a lot of NASA stuff there. And two, those people are interesting. Correct. <laughs> Correct. You're gonna get some cool folks on your spaceship to probe. Absolutely. So you go to Florida. Absolutely. <laughs> What's yeah. a skunk ape though? You mentioned a skunk ape. Skunk apes are they're in the Bigfoot family. Okay. I mean, if you subscribe to that Sure. Belief, we do. We're which all, we we're which all we do. <laughs> Correct. Correct. <laughs> so they're, of course of right. Bigfoot. <laughs> <laughs> so they're they're in the Venn diagram of Bigfoot Yeti type things um, black and white though i don't know that no it's just that they're stinky yeah is that why they're skunk yeah, yeah yeah uh, they have yeah they have a musk yeah. yeah this was so in arkansas where i'm from we have the boggy creek monster or the falc monster and it's a skunk it's a skunk ape it is a, a skunk ape it's well it's a swampy it's a swampy bigfoot too okay so you know down in the south you you have like lowland mm-hmm. bigfoot yeah so you have these 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 sort of Sasquatch things tromping through the Everglades right. in Florida. Right. So it's yeah, and it's hot yeah. and gross and, and they, wet and they don't clean their bums. No. Mm-mm. Swamp ass is a thing in Florida. <laughs> Correct. Which, right. Which skunk apes have. Yes. <laughs> yes, they do. You got that stanky stanky. Not to thing. be confused with just sort of, you know, wetland donkeys. Wetland donkeys? <laughs> I don't think that's a thing, but... But, okay. All right. It will be in the next Kentucky Kaiser. Perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> UFOs are scary. That was yeah. one of... I mean, Luke and I were discussing this yesterday, that and Josh as well, that aliens... That was a thing when I was a kid. I couldn't handle the idea of aliens coming to get me. Right. It's because it's it's so out of your control. There's yeah. No, yeah. That's so. Did you ever watch Unsolved Mysteries? As Absolutely, a, as a kid, yeah. Absolutely, that's what we were talking about. Like one thing that really just got under my skin. I don't know when I was like nine or ten was an Unsolved Mysteries that was you know you're in bed and like the 
the reenactment, like the person wakes up and there's lights everywhere and the house is shaken and they just come and take you. So it's like a mix of that home invasion and a monster, but it's like that invasion of your privacy. And then of course, like the things that could happen on the spaceships, just another level, but just like, it's just, it's freaky. I saw the unsolved mysteries. These guys go camping and I, the, the only scene I really explicitly remember is they're out in a canoe and they've all got the floppy hats on and flannel and they're fishing at night for whatever reason. <laughs> and all of a sudden the whole lake is illuminated and glowing. And then they're all pulled up out of this canoe into the spaceship and they did a little reenactment on there. It, it flipped my lid just to get, like I didn't want to go outside anymore because they would find me. And we used to go camping on a lake and yeah, I didn't like it. Why are people in Florida so afraid of UFOs though? What, what would you hypothesize is why that's such a driving thing down there? Well, I think it's it's because it is the the unfamiliar. It is the um, the the loss of any sort of control over over your surroundings or whatever. I mean, Florida is a weird place, you know. Again, <laughs> it, not the dog on not, it, right, not the dog on it, but it is it, like I'm from there, so it is a weird place. Um, you know, it being surrounded by water on all but one side. You know, I, I think. I think people feel isolated there anyway. And so then you introduce this aspect of, you know, because you live on this isolated section of the country that, well, that's where all the, the outer space people are just going to come grab you because they don't have to fly over anything. They just fly over water. Right. So there's, there's less of, you know, a chance of being seen, I guess, or shot or shot at, or, you know, and because, you know, of, of, the Cape and, and NASA and all that stuff. So it's like, okay, you know, people are, people are already, they're already ready to, to be into that. To believe. To believe. They're ready to <laughs> right. believe. They are ready to believe, you know. And I think it's, it, it, it's this just sort of, um, it's like with anything else, you know, like Luke, where are you from? Like, you know, these, these stories are passed down. Yeah. Right. So these, you have these generations of people who talk about all this crazy stuff that they've seen in the sky you know, and so it's sort of it it um it's in the genes of people in Florida to to always look up, you know, in, into the night sky. Because and again, you know, aside from hurricanes, there's really nothing that 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 drowns out the sky in Florida. Um so there's a lot of swampy areas, there's a lot of wide open places in it's very Florida. Flat. It's very flat. So there the sky is 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 incredibly visible, you know, day or night in Florida. And so you're always looking to it for the visitors. You are. You are. That's pretty cool. Right. Do you have aliens in Kentucky, Josh? Yes. <laughs> we definitely have aliens in Kentucky. Yeah. Is that the monster that you want to talk it about? It is tonight? not. The, the, now, there there is a famous story of alien goblinoid creatures haunting a farm in Hopkinsville. Hopkinsville. Yeah. So Where is Hopkinsville? In it's out in Western Kentucky. So not the good part of Kentucky. Well, it's the, every, <laughs> every part, every part of Kentucky is the good part That's of Kentucky. Yeah, man. That's true. But, uh, I thought you had like distinct, you like West well, and East. Eastern Kentucky is different than central Kentucky is different than Western Kentucky. Well, I thought you all and like, arguably are, well, I, I would say that central Kentucky looks down upon both and eastern and western Kentucky are more similar to one another okay. than either is to central. Right on. I would I would say that. So, yeah, the Hopkinsville goblins, that's a uh, a story for another time, perhaps, because I don't <laughs> really know the details. Um, really, all I know is that there was like a family that was 
that was holed up in their house and they yeah. were kind of like set upon by these aliens, right? And the little the, gray humanoids, gray, yeah, yeah, with pointy big ears, ears. Yes. yeah. Um, and Have you heard so, of this? No, it's it's a really cool story from Kentucky. Okay. Was it, this your story, Luke? Oh no, 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 no. Okay, nope. So yeah, they they were in their home. They heard strange noises, saw strange lights, then saw strange creatures. Short, big, big eared ears, big bright eyes, and Weird. these creatures attack their farmhouse. And by all accounts, there are like bullet holes in the the walls where the family shot at these. They were shooting and, them, yeah, <laughs> or they were trying to shoot them, trying to shoot them, and and like gremlins like popping up, looking in the windows at them, like ha ah! ha. Wow, <laughs> and the official explanation is owls. Yes, that's that that's they were, what they want you to believe. That they were swarmed by great horned owls. Okay. Yes. But it was clearly aliens. Obviously. As any Floridian could tell you. As any Floridian. <laughs> or <Right>. Kentuckian. <laughs> no, right. the thing I wanted to talk about is lycanthropy. Ooh. A curse which causes man to become a beast by the light of the full moon. We all look if he like is like pure of heart, let's <laughs> still uh, become a wolf. In 2012, November, Wadi, Kentucky, near Louisville, at Teresa Parker's home, her farm in this rural area of Kentucky, she heard a noise at night and went out to check on her uh, small herd of six goats and discovered that their ears, lips, and tongues were ripped off. Their faces mutilated. Teresa didn't know what to do, so she called the police. And when the police arrived at the home, they searched all around for footprints and found only a giant paw print in the soft earth near Teresa's goat pen. There are those who would say that this attack and subsequent attacks on multiple nights for three weeks were the co- were caused by a stray pit bull named Wacko, <laughs> which was owned by Brenda Tillett, a neighbor in the small community of Wadi, Kentucky. Brenda denied this, but searched far and wide for Wacko, her pit bull. She found him and put him up in a pen. The attack ceased for three weeks. Until the night of the next full moon, when the attacks continued and more livestock, cattle, horses, more goats. This thing really liked goats. <laughs> well, they're small. <laughs> Easy to kill. Yeah. Were attacked and mutilated. Rarely were they killed. Everyone thought that perhaps Wacko had escaped. So they went immediately to Brenda Tillett's house and looked in the pen behind her home and found Wacko. In the pen where he was supposed to be with no blood stains and no marks of struggle. So was it wacko to begin with or was it the Wadi werewolf? Wadi werewolf. (laughs) When we went to that seminar about cryptids in Kentucky. He yes. told us there were werewolves here. This was at Scarefest. That's right. The same the, year we met Justin. The same year we met Justin. <laughs> right? See? Yeah. We saw okay. a werewolf seminar. Well, it was a, it was a whole cryptid <laughs> seminar. It was cryptids, yeah. He, had, yeah. he told us about Thunderbirds on the Ohio River. Yes. Werewolves in Kentucky. Yes. Which have a long history in Kentucky. Sasquatches in Kentucky. Sasquatches, which he 
offered to do DNA trials with us right. as, as scientists. Yep. Uh, water, uh, like water monsters? Yeah, like some sort of giant catfish kaiju. Mm-hmm. Kaiju there, catfish. There is, uh, there is a giant fish kaiju in the Kentucky Kaiju book. His name is Largemouth. That makes nice. sense. Mm-hmm. You stole this from, what was that guy's name? Chip something? Chip I don't coffee? know. Chip Coffee. Chip Coffee. Chip right. coffee. <laughs> we'll post a link to Chip's website. I wonder if he has Twitter. I'm sure he does. We'll find him. Yeah. Uh, oh, anyway, Chip he told coffee. us about this uh, eternal struggle, this long struggle between werewolves and uh, Bigfoots mm-hmm. and said that uh, the, the Bigfoot population of Kentucky was not currently armed and he feared the day that the Bigfoot, uh, the Kentucky Bigfoot Clan? Clan? <laughs> armed themselves because that could mean doom not only for the werewolves but for humanity. Right. I so mean, you just, gotta get rid of humanity to get rid of the werewolves. Just Sasquatches walking around a gun show. Yeah. That one looks yeah. good. That looks good. I'm afraid I have to see to some it. identification. No, no, not at gun shows. No, not at, not not at, at gun shows. That's true. That's true. <laughs> so that's my that's my creature for tonight. The Wadi Werewolf. The Wadi Werewolf. That's relatively recent. 2012. That's nice. Yeah. Wow. Luke? Uh, I had found... uh, Are you doing Kentucky or Arkansas? uh, A little bit of both, I guess. A Uh, man of two homes. But I found uh, at LBL, Land Between the Lakes, there's uh, there's reports of the werewolves, too. So that was actually something that... That uh, that I had ran across too. It's kind of funky. Like our wolfmen here in the state are varied <laughs> in their appearance. They're classic werewolf, like walk on two legs. Some of them are running on four, that kind of thing. So, so yeah. So that's one. Another one that I came across. Uh, I was looking at stuff in Western Kentucky, but Josh got me a book a few years back that's uh, scary stories of Mammoth Cave, and I was flipping through that and. Uh, there is uh, apparently a sea monster on the Green River there around Mammoth Cave, and I thought that was kind of cool. I've I've done some work out at Mammoth Cave over over a number of years. I've never ran into the sea monster, but I'm gonna keep <laughs> I'm gonna keep on the lookout but for you, for said sea monster. Mm-hmm. It's not a sea monster; it's a river monster, right? Right. That's what it is. But you really haven't been on the river all that much, right? Well, I've crossed. I, I've crossed cross, the Green yeah, River that's true, like, I guess, all the, like a lot. On the ferry, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So right here, this is reading out of "Scary Stories of Mammoth Kentucky" by Colleen O'Connor Olson and Charles Hanian. Uh, a ferryman reported in 1941 that he had seen the monster many times and gave a description. It's got a big, powerful head. It could swallow a man with no trouble. Once it opened its mouth and I got a glimpse inside. It could have rolled a barrel, and I don't mean a keg, I mean a big barrel, in its mouth. <laughs> it's got fins and a tail just like a fish, and eyes as big as horse apples setting in its head. It's got the longest whiskers or feelers you ever saw, and when it jumped, I thought I saw legs on its belly. But I can't rightly say about the legs. So this thing's like a giant polywog. It's like not quite a catfish and not quite a little uh, tadpole. It's like a giant... It's a snakefish. Is it? Sounds like, yeah, don't they crawl around? But they don't have legs. That's true. Do not rush to Houchins Ferry, though, to see the Loch Ness Monster's American cousin, because it's not been spotted in recent times. So Houchins Ferry is a is where one of the main crossing points is, and I've never seen it there, unfortunately. Uh, but I'm going to keep looking. So there's another funky thing. Uh, this one's just really... 
bizarre. Uh, they're at Mammoth Cave. In the 19th century, cave guides uh, talked about the stone gobbler, which was a horse that lived at Mammoth Cave. It ate stones, came to the surface, like uh, out of the cave at night, okay, and made cave. a noise noise between a gobble and a bray. And so the stone gobbler could be useful. Once it ate all the stones in a farmer's field, enabling him to get 100 bushels of corn when he only got 10 before. People were good. warned not to shoot at the stone gobbler. The horse could fling its head around and throw a stone at you further than a rifle could could reach you. So that's kind of cool. That's a weird-ass that's a that's weird a monster, weird-ass yeah. rock yeah. horse <laughs> that lives down in a cave. <laughs> yeah, but that but that's like a like a helpful cryptid. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's like so why why would you want to yeah, shoot at it? We don't we like that one. Yeah. yeah. So those were a couple funky ones that I ran across. Okay. Nothing for just the 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 Falk monster from Arkansas. Yeah. Uh, I don't swamp ass. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> so skunky apes. I don't necessarily have like any other monsters in Arkansas that I'm recollecting. Well, Man. Sorry, go ahead. No. I was going to say there is a there's there's a podcast called Monster Talk. Oh yeah, that's good stuff. And they did yeah. the, they did the Fall County. Uh huh. Yep. So yeah, it's man, and that's a that's a good nod to the to that show. If you're into science or like skepticism or monsters, that's that's that could be your jam, man. Because they have like really good, uh, just talks about science. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the cool thing about the Falk monster is there was this low rent, uh, mo- like like faux documentary that came out called The Legend of Boggy Creek, uh, after after the incident happened in the seventies that was like the big thing that people recognized about the Falk monster, and it's a little bit sensationalist, uh, but that's something that I, I grew up more with like that movie, and then there's like a counterpart documentary about the serial killing that took place in Texarkana called The Town That Dreaded Sundown. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, and and so it's that same director, and I can't remember yeah. his name offhand, but like those two movies left more of an impression on me than the actual fear of the skunk ape. It was just like that overall like mm-hmm. sort of grimy, like uh like B B grade kind of movie uh that I don't know, just I associate that with my childhood. <laughs> but, but but speaking to that, I think it's a it's a definitive aspect of 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 you, you know, when you see something that is even even though you know it's a movie, mm-hmm. but someone has taken the time to to fictionalize it or or to to film a faux documentary, uh-huh. like you said about it, whether it's real or not, it's it still makes it a little bit more real when someone yeah. goes through the trouble of of putting it on film and with with the intent of showing it to people. Right. I felt that way about Cropsy. Have you seen that on yes. Netflix? Uh-huh. Yeah, the New Jersey yeah. thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I thought that. I mean, that makes it much more horrifying. Like, it's just this urban legend in their town sort of floating around. And then they made this whole documentary going piece to piece to piece about here's what may have happened. Here's what probably happened. Here's why we talk about it. Yeah. And it just, holy crap, it makes you scared. Right. 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 <laughs> it makes it a little more real. Right. It legitimizes it a, a little bit. It does. Airs it. That. that director is Charlie or Charles Pierce. Oh, okay. There we go. The town that dreaded sundown. I'd forgotten about that. Yeah, yeah. that's a, a war is like a sack on his head. Yeah, yeah, yep. dude. I was when you mentioned that. I was going to say uh, this year at Scarefest, <laughs> uh, Tress and I had we we split a table, and and one of the cosplays that we saw was a guy dressed as town that dreaded, and he had a trombone with him. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if you if, if you haven't seen the film. Uh-huh. Um, 
a a trombone plays heavily in uh, uh-huh. in a section of the film. It's okay. been a while since I've seen it, but yeah. Does he kill a trombonist? No, he kills someone with a trombone. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> That's Jason level stuff right there. There's one ghost okay. story left. That's me. You want me to talk about a monster? Or a monster. I could talk about a monster. Okay. Mine sort of follows with the Kentucky Kaiju theme. In Indiana, where there's a town called Chiribusco, Indiana, named after a Mexican town. It was after the Mexican-American War, and we won at Chiribusco, Mexico. (laughs) And so they were like, yeah, this is patriotism. Let's name our town after it. (laughs) We're going to take your town's name. (laughs) Exactly. That's how how much we beat. That's (laughs) America. And in, this is in northern Indiana, and up there, it's a lake region. Indiana sort of has three distinct zones. It's lake region up north, corn region where I'm from in the middle part, <laughs> and then the southern part is forests and hills and limestone and nice stuff. And the lake region, they've got all these lakes, and they've got a lot of cool history and stories up there. But this town, Chiribusco, there was a guy named Oscar Folk in 1898 who on his farm claimed he saw a giant snapping turtle. In his lake. And he described it as a 500-pound snapping turtle. Ooh. And nobody talked about it. Josh and I were talking about this earlier. For 50 years. That was – it was in the newspaper. Lots of people talked about it in Indiana for a hot minute. And then that was it. Nobody cared. And then 50 years later, these two people named Aura Blue and Charlie Wilson, they went to Folks Lake, which was what had been named after he sold his land. And in 1948, these two folks – said they saw the turtle, that they went out there and they saw this big turtle that was the size of a dining table, which we are sitting at right now. So it was big and round and nasty looking. And other people were talking about it after they came out and saw it as the size of a Volkswagen Beetle. Right, right. So so this is a big... That's that's the scale at which you compare... Giant river, that's and right. Lake monsters, <laughs> cars, it's in relationship tables. to sure. like Volkswagen yes, beetles. Yeah, exactly. So it's this big turtle, and it lives in this lake. It didn't attack anybody, but everybody became really curious about it. And the weird part was that the two people, Charlie Wilson and Aura Blue, that first described it were well-known like town pranksters. They lied <laughs> about all kinds of stuff, and they necessarily didn't necessarily get along with this guy named Wilson or uh, another fellow that owned the lake. They didn't really like him. And so they kind of – everybody thinks they were kind of tricking him that he had this giant turtle in his lake. But then he said he saw it. And then he turned it into this big media bonanza. And all these thousands of people came to Churubusco, Indiana and mobbed this lake looking for this turtle. In 1949, it got onto like the international wire. And they have all these clippings from like London and all these other countries about giant turtle spotted – and so monster hunters and curious citizens came to Churubusco to find Oscar the turtle. So Oscar is named after Oscar Folk, the guy that first owned the lake. Uh-huh. And it turned into this big thing. And this guy just kept trying to find it, the guy that owned the lake. He said that he wanted to clear his name. Everybody was laughing at him. So he bought a diving suit. He brought in an internationally renowned deep water diver, but his equipment didn't make it. From wherever he was coming from. Convenient. So he couldn't get into the lake. There was a photographer that came and said that he was going to take pictures of everything and find this turtle. And then there was a bounty on the turtle. People really wanted to see it. This was like a year-long process. And these two yahoos, I assume from Florida, they showed up with a a sea turtle 
And they said they caught Oscar. And then everybody figured out they were lying, but they thought, this is a really cool idea. It was a girl sea turtle. Let's cage the girl sea turtle up by the lake. And Oscar, you know, wow. he's going to want to make sweet love to this beach oh. turtle. And he's going to come out and then we'll catch him. Didn't work. So then they drained the lake. That's not his style. He likes to romance yes, a it, woman. It's, yeah, flowers, you right. know, swamp muck, <laughs> right. all that kind right. of stuff. Right. He likes the process. Yes. So this farmer, he drains the whole lake. And he's going to find Oscar. And he gets down to the muck at the bottom and he gets a case of appendicitis. And he has to go into the hospital. And then when he gets back out, the rain has filled the lake back in. <laughs> and so <laughs> wow. So he tries to drain it again, but they just they can't find Oscar. Nobody has, nobody has seen Oscar in a year and they're just afraid that he may be gone. So he finally gets the lake back down. He bankrupts himself in the process. Trying to find this turtle. And he has to sell the farm and everything and move to Florida, actually, is the end of his story. And he swears to his dying day that he saw Oscar and that he was a real turtle. And the people of Churubusco have tried to come up with, like, real ideas about what may have happened here. And there's this guy that lives around Churubusco. His name is Rusty Reed. And he is a turtle farmer. And he used to grow alligator snapping turtles which are the bigger variety of snapping turtles correct right right so he has done a lot of research and apparently as they get larger they migrate north and so it is conceivable that a large alligator snapping turtle did settle into this lake and that they can live for a hundred or more years right so his hypothesis is that the snap the alligator snapping turtle has a big head looks not quite right for its body mm-hmm. and that they saw only the head. That's all the description that was ever really given and that they assumed based on the head that it was much larger than it actually was. Right. But he says it could have been a pretty big one because they get up to like 200 and the largest one on record is 236 pounds with an, unre- uh, an unrecognized record of 403. So it's conceivable that Oscar, the Churubusco turtle, yeah, they're huge. Because yeah. like the front end of one of those, like even their 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 front legs and just the front part of that shell, they're kind of deltoid. So they're like wider at the front end than they are at the back. They're cool. So you see the front end of one, and you would think the like, yeah, it, it's conceivable that you would think that it would be just that big, continuously. And water magnifies things when you look right? down into it. So. There was probably a big snapping turtle in this lake. They all came up with these weird reasons about why they couldn't find it. Most of them said it escaped in an underground channel that it found. There you go, yeah. Which doesn't exist. As turtles do. (laughs) Rusty Reed hypothesizes that there was a big turtle, but that it couldn't support itself on land. And it hid down in the muck when they drained the lake, and then it suffocated and died. But the legend of Oscar lives on with Churubusco's Turtle Days Festival every year. Now in its <laughs> 67th year. Nice. So if you're ever up in northern okay. Indiana, you should go to the turtle races that they have, <laughs> the whole thing. I think this highlights a reason why some of us repeat these these bestial myths. Yeah. We like we like them, but they also are money makers for some of these small communities out there. So that big alligator snapping turtle represents someone's id. <laughs> and, right. You know, like monsters are they're more fun than ghosts, right? Like we tell these ghost stories to spook each other out, but like these kinds of stories are more fun and <coughs> yeah. like it's more of at least now it's more like a crack pocket crack pot kind of thing, right? Like right. 
like we we like to tell these stories and laugh about them right. and extrapolate <laughs> what it could be, right? Right. And you have people that want to plan uh, uh, adventures to go find these yeah. things, right? Right. Yeah. So 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 then that lends itself to you know it's a very romantic idea of 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 going after uh, an unknown creature. Well, and then you get weird stories tacked onto it, like with the Pope Lick monster just right. this year. We had another death associated with people, what'd you call it, legend tripping? Yeah, yeah. So whenever you're like, you go into the sites of, of various like urban legends and, mm. and whatnot, uh, you know, that kind of thing can bite you on the butt. And so unfortunately, like with the, the Pope Lick monster, that, uh, that instance, people die on the train trestle, like on a pretty regular basis. And so this past spring that happened. What if we give a quick overview of the Popelik monster? So the Popelik monster lives on this train trestle, which is sort of on a mountainside and it's sort of very limited space. And this is why it's very dangerous to go looking for it because if you're on this trestle bridge thing and a train comes, the only place for you to go is to jump off the trestle to below, which is a long ways down and, Multiple people have died doing this, but the public monster is sort of a goat man, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's it's a uh, it's a satyr looking goat like creature that for some reason lurks around this this train trestle, uh, and you know perhaps he lures uh, people there to their death knowingly, like it's an intentional kind of thing. Like he, he wants people to come out there on the trestle, so he'll lure them out, and then they'll meet their demise. There's a lot of different, you know, legends that accompany it. Have you ever heard of that one? No, no, I've not really. I've not heard of the Pope Lick monster. The Pope Lick yeah. monster is a weird goat man. Yeah, you don't okay. want to mess with him. Right. He looks like Baphomet, I guess. Yeah, there's a wonderful book called Weird Kentucky mm-hmm. that features. Uh, a really nice artistic rendering of the Pope Lick monster that really kind of freaks me out. And Benito Serino has featured him in a comic before. I think, I believe that's true. Yeah. Yeah. He's a pretty famous Kentucky monster. I think so. Yeah. 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 I, I bet I would, I would guess that the Pope Lick monster is the, the premier Kentucky cryptid. I would guess. Yeah. And there's just so much history. I mean, it really is unfortunate that, this woman died this past spring. Yes. Uh, do, you know, going out and visiting the site. Like, from what I understand, there's high, like, chain link fence, fences. You can't get to the to the trestle. And you are you will be in deep trouble if you get out there. Right. Because uh, it's an active railroad, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so, many people, like, pe- multiple people have, have perished there. Yeah. yeah Which no- adds to the legend. Right, yeah. yeah. And it adds to the allure, unfortunately. I like sharing these kinds of stories from where each of us are from. Because we're all different weird people. Yeah, I didn't didn't think about it until you started talking about giant turtles. But, like, that's that's totally something in Arkansas. Like, where I grew up, there's a river called the Cossatot, which is French, I think, for skull crusher. Okay. <laughs> which it, but it's 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 kinda it's it has world renowned like whitewater uh 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 rapids. It's a it's a small river, right? But it's like just all rocks and it just plummets in elevation, relatively speaking, over a short distance. So there's these crazy uh 
rapids that, that people will go like extreme kayaking and whatnot on, but other parts of it, you'll go swimming, right? That's right. so that's what like I grew up doing. So you would scramble In the over Skull Crusher River. Yeah, we would go, go <laughs> we would go to Cossatot, to the Cossatot River, like the state park. You would park, you would spend about 30 minutes bounding over these these six and eight foot rocks a lot, like, like hopping from rock to rock and like in the river to get to this area we called sheep's den. So D E N like the, you know, like the den where sheep, right. like big horn sheep would hang out, but we don't have big horn sheep in Kentucky or in Arkansas. So it's just like sheep's den. That's what we called it. But it was the rock that you could get up on and jump off of. So you would, you could walk up the back of the sheep's den rock. You'd be about 20 feet off the water and you would just be able to bail off. That was like our, or jump off the rock into the river kind of thing. And you just wouldn't touch the, the bottom. Like, it was just so deep there. And so, of course, when I was a teenager, there were catfish in that in that hole that could just swallow you alive, right? right. Of that's course, the, yeah. That's the kind of right. <laughs> They're only cons- – catfish growth is only constrained by the size of the hole that it swims that's in. Right. It's well known that catfish can become ginormous, the were- size of this table at least. <laughs> Even maybe even the size of a Volkswagen Beetle. I would say so. Right? Yeah, I've, heard so. The, I've heard that as a measuring tool as well for for catfish growth. That reminds me of a state park in Indiana. They call it Shade State Park now, but its full name is actually Shades of Death State Park. Oh, because, awesome! Yeah, when the when the pioneers settled in that area, there was a lot of weird stuff that happened there, and there was a massacre at one point, I think, and Dude. they just called it a shade like Shades of Death. That was the area's name. And they wow. turned it into the state park, and they they like to go by shades. <laughs> they don't, wow. they like don't how, want the full like name used. How there's not been like a metal band that recorded a live <laughs> album? No kidding. There. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just lots of weird things have happened there. Anything weird like that? Everglades. I mean, that's all weird. Everglades. Yeah, Everglades. Anacondas. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Chimps. Yeah. I was listening to another podcast that uh, if you guys don't listen to, I know Luke does uh, blurry photos, mm-hmm. which focuses on cryptids and unexplained phenomenon. Lots uh, of cool stuff. Lots of cool stuff. And their most recent episode is about haunted forests. And they discuss this forest in North Carolina. And I think it's called the devil's tramping ground. And uh, have you heard of this? Any of you guys? I listen. I you listen, listen to, to it? Okay, yeah. It's it's pretty cool because it, they talk about this um, this feature of this forest where no grass grows in this ring. And the, the local folk story is that the devil paces there, thinking of ways to torment mankind. And the popular thing to do is go there and camp and say sure. you camped at the devil's tramping ground. Um, and so there, you know, all these all these legends just sort of culminate into these awesome little local folk tales that get passed on to from generation to generation. And it's a lot of fun to talk about them too, as groups of people from different places, because you start to see this overlap. Absolutely. The gi- giant animals are very similar. There's a Maryland goat monster, right? I, it, there's all these sort of overlaps in different places that like every state seems to have a, a dog's head woman story. Uh-huh. The the woman and the dog die in a car wreck, and their heads both fall off, and they swap heads. And so there's either a woman headed dog at a bridge, or a dog headed woman, you know, running around attacking people in the night, kind of thing. I would uh, prefer the woman headed dog. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking for stories to talk about tonight, and ran across 
a ghost story uh, from Red River Gorge. There's a tunnel that goes, uh, it's an old rail tunnel called yeah. the Nada Tunnel. Uh-huh. Um, and evidently somebody was climbing there without proper equipment and they fell onto the road and then were the, uh, they were hit by a truck and run over. And um, now, evidently, if you come through the tunnel at dusk on certain days, you see this eerie glow, which uh-huh. may be because of the sunset, of course. But, um, it, you know, you you see elements like that of crossing thresholds, crossing bridges, going through tunnels. Right. Sort of woven through various folklore from all over the place. Well, that's the, one of the fun things about this, right, is figuring out why is it that there are all these similarities? Why do we come up with all these stories? Like we were talking about with Justin's UFOs. Why are people in Florida looking for UFOs? I talked about greed as a possible motivator for giant turtles, but I mean, there's, there's gotta be something that behind. It's a, well, it's a, it's a cultural thing. So when, when, when a people, human culture, yeah. I mean, like when people experience something that is out of the ordinary, they, they want to be able to relate it to other people and have them sympathize with them. So as to as to not be considered weird or or outcast or something like that. Right. But then you have the people that are, you know, you know, dudes that were like, yeah, we're going to catch this giant ass turtle, you know, <laughs> and <laughs> just sort of love the spectacle. Of it all. <laughs> right. Fifties um, were a weird time. <laughs> and Luke, I remember uh, several years back, your your grandmother uh, recorded a special <laughs> she a, did, yeah. about Sasquatches uh-huh. in, in a town near where you grew up. Yeah. And so, so where I'm from, uh, it's right on the Oklahoma border. So you cross the state line and you're in uh, Oklahoma, like the Eastern portion of Oklahoma is just like mountains and woods. It's, it's not like tumbleweeds and desert. It's like, it's not that. Uh, so there's a town called Poto, P O T E A U. Uh, and I think Poto's claim to fame, one of, is it has, like, the tallest hill in the world. They claim something like that. Like, there's, you know, there's, like, uh, there's a there's a, a hill that's, like, 999 feet tall. Because if it was a foot taller, it would be a mountain. Like, something, something like that, <laughs> right, great. you know? Excuse me, sir. That's a mountain. <laughs> get out, you get out of here, nerd. That, uh, there's a hill. <laughs> but there's, there's like, uh, and, 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 and so... You know, there's there's a rich Bigfoot history there, but like even a smaller community is called Honubby, uh, and I can't don't ask me to smell to spell Honubby, Oklahoma, but that's where it is. But they have their own little Bigfoot days, uh, and so there's a lot of like upland Sasquatch sightings there in the Washita Mountains. So uh, it's just cool how these hairy these hairy ape people are like a thing all across the globe, whether it's like Yeti or, you know, American Bigfoot or just anything like that, how it just is everywhere. We've talked about a lot of rural areas too, it seems to me. Like we haven't talked about any urban monsters. Sure. Yeah. And there are certainly urban monsters. And Kentucky has uh, one in particular called Spring Hill Jack. Yeah, yeah. Man, uh... <laughs> you saw uh, Spring Hill. No, no, no. I, I did not see Spring Hill Jack. I saw uh, a dude who came to a, a comic book shop where I was in at one point. Um, early, early in my quote unquote career, um, I would meet with some other local Lexington people um, that were interested in cartooning and, and comic books and stuff. And one guy happened to join the meeting one evening. 
And all he talked about, Spring Hill Jack. That's was, all he wanted to talk about. Was that his book? What his book was going to be about? No, he didn't even pitch it as a book. Like he would just like for whatever. Like he just showed up, and <laughs> no one knew who he was. He was Springfield Jack. <laughs> like no one knew who he was. No one knew him as any sort of creative that that they'd run across before. Right. He just showed up and just proceeded to talk about Springfield Jack for about an hour. So you know all about it. I. Do not know anything about it because I did not listen to him. Uh, <laughs> Spring Heel Jack was actually originally an English. He's a Victorian English right. beast. I guess, or, or monster, man, or Victorian superhero. Batman. Yeah. He looks like Batman. Right. Well, I mean, there's a, a you know, speak, coming, from, coming from that realm, there's a great uh, comic book called Proof. Yeah. Yes, that uh, that features Springheel Jack, and that features of like it, the origins of of their Springheel Jack is is very cool. Okay, it's very cool. I'll have to look up proof. Well, in the late 1880s, there were sightings of Springheel Jack in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, prior to that, Springheel Jack was a an English London London phenomenon, yeah. right? Yeah, he's so someone the- from Louisville <laughs> got a hold of some. No, nah, he hopped over here. <laughs> I'm, sure. I'm sure he did. Sure and he did. the idea is that he either he bounced right, bounded yeah. from from place to place, uh, and as if he had springs attached to his heels. Yeah, there's it falls into two categories. He's either jumping around. It's very clearly a man assisted by some sort of mechanical device hopping around. But he's got this long, fringy coat on and a weird mask. Or he's a bat human. He's man bat. Right. And he jumps up and then flies away from the people that are following him. So one of those two things. And I think the Lex or the Louisville one was he had mechanical boots and could hop around. Okay. Victorian Iron Man. Sure. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm I'm not on. to dredge up bad memories. <laughs> no, 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 it's not of, a bad memory. Of wing it's just, nuts coming yeah, into the comic yeah. book store. It's just a memory of like you know when he started his uh, his his spiel. I just went okay, and then just proceeded to sketch the rest of the time. Was, was it even unprovoked? Like he was just like, so somebody mentioned Springfield Jack. <laughs> exactly. Like he just showed up, and we were and like the whole point of the meeting was to sort of go around and talk about what we were working on. And then it got to him, and he's like, "Well, let me tell you guys about Springhill Jack." <laughs> and, That's a bit. And then, Dude, he was Springhill Jack. I, you I, met Springhill Jack, probably, probably. Do he look like this? Yeah, very flamboyant. No, no. <laughs> that's a good picture. No, he please was, send uh, that to me for the blog. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Well, and it was around the time of the Jack the Ripper stuff too, right? right. So the Which earliest, to- according to the blog Unusual Kentucky. Which was prepared, written by the guy who was behind the book Weird Kentucky. Uh, the earliest in his research, the earliest mentions of Spring Hill Jack were from uh, 1808 and then 1837. So really early 18th uh, century, right? 17th. 19th. 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 <laughs> we'll get there. There we go. Right. So, uh, that, and we're talking about London mentions there. Uh, later in the century, he popped up in Louisville. That's Reason, all reasons unbeknownst. Because right. <laughs> Louisville's a nice town. Sure. It, was a, it certainly was a growing metropolis on 
the river. He went to the KFC time, right? Yum Center. Perhaps he liked horse racing. Yeah, yeah. Perhaps. Bourbon. Bourbon, perhaps. I'd fly yeah. over here with my spring-heeled boots to get some bourbon. <laughs> That's a lot of monsters. We have covered a lot of monsters. Yeah, we've covered some ground tonight. Justin, thank you for joining us for a monstrous night of fun. It was it was a blast. Where can people find you on the web to look into your artistic endeavors? People can go to justin3000.com. That is J-U-S-T-I-N 3000.com. There you will find my Instagram and Twitter, um, which is where I post the majority of my artworks. Um and you can go to apexbookcompany.com to get Kentucky Kaiju. Um, you can also go to, like, if you if you like the sound of my voice, um, Tressa and I, the, the, the other artist on Kentucky Kaiju, uh, we also do a podcast called Sequential Spirits. And it's a show where we bring on, uh, it's she and I, and we bring on another creative guest, and, uh, and we share a, a drink or two. And we talk about the creative process and, and where we are and our journey uh, into to, to making art our, our, our full-time job. So, And that is uh, on the Boku Pop Network on iTunes. So if you just type in B-E-A-U-C-O-U-P-P-O-P um, or just do a Google search for Sequential Spirits, uh, you'll be able to find it. Um, we've got a couple of new episodes that we put out, uh, this year. Um, but if you're someone who's interested in what artists who are in the middle go through, um, throughout the year, it's, um, you know, we, we don't hold back. We share, um, all of the, all of the things that happen to us throughout the convention. So we're not, or convention season. Um, you know, we're not superstars, you know, people, uh, you know, convention runners are not paying us to come in or flying us in and giving us hotels and stuff. We have to pay to be there. We have to pay to go there. Um, so we're, we're the, we're, we're the grunts, I guess, of, of the convention scene. Um, so if you're interested in, in what that's like, you can, you can learn all about it through sequential spirits. And you, you guys are the, what's the stone eating horse, the stone gobbler. You're the stone gobblers of the convention scene. You get out, you get out there, you work hard in the field, you gobble down those stones. And if anyone comes to your table and says, "Oh, I like your art a lot," uh, can I have a business card? You throw a rock right at him like Absolutely. a rifle. <laughs> and if people look to the night sky, they may see you. They might floating in the air. <laughs> Watch the skies. The next could be you. They're coming for you. Watch the skies and watch your fields. And in the meantime. You can find us on the web at http colon forward slash forward slash the chromecast.blogspot.com. You can call us 859-429-CROM. Get your parents' permission. You can find us on Twitter at the Chromecast, Facebook.com slash the Chromecast, and you can listen to us at many locations on the internet that I'm not going to list anymore because you're already listening to just, us somehow. Just Google it and you're going to find it. You're listening to us. How did you listen to us? Stay, stay Stick with that strategy. <laughs> Keep doing that. <laughs> Keep doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Justin, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Oh, thanks, fellas. It was Don't a stay away so long anymore. Sure. Anytime. And we'll see everybody else on down the road. Later.
monsters. <laughs> I'm gonna eat this banana.